Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This week we're meant to be doing a monologue solo show. Unfortunately, I'm not ready and I have other deadlines due right now. Um, and so I just need an extra week. So I'm going to push it out a week and do an interview show this week. Luckily, Christopher Beam, one of the first people I remember arguing with about stats when I joined Twitter at some point in the past, um, was available. And I wanted to talk to him about Justin Fields specifically because he has a longer-running quarterback process from a stats perspective. And I thought that might be interesting given one of our recent episodes specifically being on quarterback knowledge. So, yeah, uh, I brought Chris on. We had a conversation. It's awesome to talk to him. And I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you next week, I promise, with uh, one of the other types of episodes. Thanks very much. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and at once. But we start off just broadly, normally, with the question, how do you play Dynasty? But I brought you on this week more specifically to talk about quarterbacks, because you were in one of my DMs recently talking uh, more assertively about quarterbacks than I ever can be. So I thought you might be interested to talk to <laughs> about it. Um, so I guess we'll start roughly there. Like, why do you hate Justin Fields? What, what <laughs> yeah, your mother, you know? Well, um, when you say, you know, sort assertively about quarterbacks, I'll address, let's go into that first for a second. Cause, sure. uh, cause you're right. Uh, it, it's really hard for anyone that works with data to be truly assertive about quarterbacks in a positive sense. We, uh, we're, we're really, really not good at telling if someone's going to be good at the NFL level. <laughs> it's, uh, no matter how good they look in college, I mean, there's a giant adjustment to the NFL. Everyone gets better. Um, and that means that no matter how great of a QBR you have, how great your uh, adjusted net yards per attempt is in college, how low your interception ratio all of that changes when you lose that half a second on your read, when you have to be more anticipate anticipation throwing downfield. Um, so for data nuts like us projecting from the, from the, from college, to the NFL, it, everything looking good does not mean they'll be good. It means they have a better chance of being good on the flip side of that though. Again, it doesn't get easier. <laughs> it only gets harder. Um, the uh, it's pretty easy to tell if someone's going to be bad in the NFL. Um, now, um, I was actually big on Justin Fields coming out. He had great metrics. Um, he was he, he he looked great as a prospect. I mean, I I, uh, I I did not expect the level of play we've seen out of him in the last two years from him. I would have expected that out of more of like an Anthony Richardson profile. Um, but uh, but we we've gotten two years of sample, and um, it's not a great sample because he's got a lot. He's there are a lot of problems on the Chicago Bears, right? Uh, that being said, we have a lot of metrics that are on the quarterback that we can look at, and he's been awful. I mean, his bad throw percentage. I mean, these are literally throws that are just straight off target. And charges off target, and in two years running now, every quarterback that's been worse than him has lost their job, including a guy who was drafted right with him. 
um, uh, uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, uh, actually, was Zach Wilson the exact same class? I think he was. Uh, Fields Lawrence. Um, Fields and Lawrence were the same class, but I only have. So yeah, Zach Wilson was. Uh, I mean, he lost his job too, and he didn't actually lose it the year he was um, in twenty one when he was the only quarterback worse than Fields and in, in bad throw percentage, but he did lose it last year. So um, at the end after last year. So uh, I think he still qualifies when I say that every quarterback that was worse than, worse than him did lose their job. Um, yeah, it's interesting you go right to the start on rookies because, yeah, uh, rookie uh, quarterback stats, are, I, I barely touch them. <laughs> I look a little bit at an accuracy. You look a little bit on size. You look a little bit on athleticism. But mostly I trust draft capital. I trust people who have been watching them more intensely. Which for a non-tape guy is a little difficult for me to stomach. But if Travis May says they're good, I pretty much assume they're going to be good, or at least they're as good as he can be. Um, as a prospect, or as much as we can know, is basically the people that are paying more attention to him. Their stats don't help me a lot because of the jump, the difficulty in the jump, and the fact that there are so few that hit. It's like tight end in a certain way. You only have so many to look at that we know definitely did well that anything that compares well to that group, essentially that it could just be a small sample track because so few have gone on to do well. Oh. But And bad throw percentage is interesting. So I, I think that's one of the ones I remember beginning. That's a stat I remember being announced, as it were, the first time. And I can't remember how long the history is on it. And that's um, one of my first questions. Or one of my first, first things I note when you mention it, like every quarterback's been bad with it. I remember a lot of stats, and this is one of the things that got me out of quarterbacks in general, so many stats had positive signal in terms of the certainty with which they rated at least an above below threshold and then went on to suck because of yet another example. It's like <laughs> tight end again, just that one example, that one quarterback who doesn't throw for a certain miles per hour hits. And suddenly that threshold looks weak because of the small sample. Um, but could you tell me more about that stat? Is that particularly the one that you focus on with Justin Fields or is, is it describing what you see? Um, and that's that's why you're you're rolling it out first as you were. Like, what is bad throw percentage? How old is it? And how much do you rely on it? It is fairly new, at least for the sources that uh, um, the the readily available sources, right? Like those. Oh, that's that that yeah. yeah, I'm sure the yeah. NFL's been tracking stuff for a lot longer <laughs> than we have access. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, about five years, six years now. Um, so. We're actually getting to the point where there's a sample size to yeah, work we're getting with, there. <laughs> but uh, um, it is a fairly new product. It's actually not the first thing I ever look at either. I mean, it's 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 part okay. of oh, it's part of what I would do as a deep dive when I start looking at a quarterback right. uh, for more more issues. Um, so the first thing I always look at is the best uh, illustrative passing stat. Uh, we have, which is adjusted net yards per attempt. Oh, okay. um, the uh, and I say illustrative because it's not predictive. Um, it is a uh, it is a stat that it that solely tells you how good they did, not how good they will be. Um, but it is directly correlates to fifty five percent of the uh, variance in wins and losses. That's huge. There's nothing else close to it, um, and it is literally the king of passing stats um, as far as description goes. 
Um, and then I also take a look at QBR. QBR is a little rougher uh, with a guy like – is a little uh, kinder, I should say, to a guy like Justin Fields because um, QBR is a finalized stat. Uh, it includes rushing – a adjusted rushing EPA. Right. So um, uh, Justin Fields actually looks better than a lot of other quarterbacks do in a QBR from a QBR perspective because he was a phenomenal rusher. Um, the uh, so I take a look at QBR, take a look at ANYA, then I start looking at some more detailed stuff. I mean, Justin Fields was out. I mean, he was dead last um, last year in, in in adjusted net yards per attempt. And then second the year before that, I believe. And, and he he was an atrocious passer by any means of looking at it. And you start looking deeper. You look at bad throw percentage. He was awful there. He was off the mark. That's not a supporting cast issue. That was him being off the mark. Um, you take a look at uh, sacks. Sacks, which are, it's controversial, but sacks are a quarterback stat. It's indicative of how they handle pressure. Um the, uh, I think that, that's an interesting note. Sacks are, in fact, a quarterback stat. How much are you getting sacked? Well, the offensive line is all important across pretty much every position. We don't factor it in a lot, which is wild, because of what, it's one of the main variables, and we don't know how to account for it. So I think you're right there. Like Sacks are a, a you problem, as it were. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's sticky to a quarterback. No matter how their line changes, where they go, it sticks to the quarterback. Russell Wilson, a tremendously high sack rate year over year over year. Um, he's made up for in other categories, but uh, it, it is on Russell Wilson. How he plays causes sex. There's a uh, trying to remember who came up with it right now, but uh, I, I was I read so, someone illustrated it very well on Twitter in an article that basically quarterbacks have a, a triangle of how they handle pressure, and you end up somewhere in this triangle on how you handle it. Uh, you have uh, sacks that you take because you or because you won't get rid of the ball. You have throwaways and you have forced throws. And those come out in either, you know, throwaways, interceptions, or Justin Fields is almost dead deep in that sack, sack corner of that triangle. Right. <laughs> um, the uh, Russell Wilson as well. But again, that's how you handle pressure. Um, part of the problem is, is that even accounting for the high pressure rate Justin Fields has, he takes more sacks than he should by a lot. <laughs> um, he just doesn't get rid of the ball. And his throwaways are almost non-existent. He doesn't get rid of it. He just he either forces the ball downfield, which he also doesn't do that option often, or he just holds on to the ball until he gets hit and taken down. Um, these, are, these are all things that make me think Justin Fields is probably not going to improve next year. He, he is, or if he does improve, it'll be that marginal improvement you see from all people moving from their second and third year as quarterbacks. I just don't see that being enough. He's actively, I mean, the, the sacks the and the inability to pass kills drives and gives the ball back to the other team, and it costs your team points and it costs your team wins. Well, I'm not uh, deep into the quarterback stats. I don't have a lot of ways of going into the conversation you're having, but it makes sense, right? Um, I think those things are proven true, and I think they're good expectations. Quarterbacks that lose the ball through sacks or interceptions, those are danger signs. So mm -hmm. the concern is that he's scoring points because he had a good 2022. There's no real way of denying that for fantasy, even mm -hmm. though 49% of his points came from the rushing game. To your point, he's a heavy rusher. 
Yeah. Not unprecedented, especially in the recent era, but he is someone that was definitely more relying on his legs last year. But again, to your own point, in college, he was an above-average passer in college, but mm-hmm. the jump is a question. So the question is whether he's making that jump. The problem I have with putting my weight on, and the problem I have is I don't know how many of these stats are adjusted for the same things at the same time, and yet we're merging them together. For example, bad throw percentage is meant to be... As I understand it, it's someone watching and saying how far away they were or how close they were to target. So you've mm-hmm. already got some assumptions built in there, as in was the wide receiver at fault or was the quarterback at fault? I'm not going to say that's a big ver- that happens often, but someone observing is never going to know that every time. So Correct. something like that's always going to have a little variance built into it, just a little wiggle room, especially when you consider bad situations. And so where my mind goes to is someone like Trevor Lawrence. That's a fairly even comparison on the progression so far. Someone who struggled, terrible situation year one, also elevated last year, along with Justin Fields in fantasy production, but his passing numbers came up more consistently. Like his conversion percentage went from 42% all the way to, what was it last year? I forget, at 49%, which again... Uh, he can do better, but it is an improvement and it shows the situation had a drastic effect on his ability to convert air yards to receiving yards. Now, Justin Fields still had a worse conversion percentage last year. It's like 45% lower than Lawrence and still lower than you'd like for someone you want to describe as a good passer. And um, But his completion percentage was at 60%. Trevor Lawrence was at 66 last year. So Trevor Lawrence did better last year, but we also know he's doing better this year or last year. Sorry, I get confused in the this year, last year thing when we're talking about we're, <laughs> when we're in between seasons um, because the situation changed. So looking at his stats last year, we had to have faith that the situation was the problem, not his stats. And that made sense. But as, to your point, that's true with Fields too, especially where he's got a decent college resume to back it up. So I'm not prescribing here. I'm not saying, I'm definitely not saying all in. Because honestly, value-wise, I don't get it. Like we've got Herbert, I've got Burrow, i got Lamar, even if you want to rush it. Like there are so many good QBs already putting up these numbers. Like I don't get the value argument in Dynasty. So I'm mostly going down to the older quarterbacks or the discounted like Dak Prescott or up. Like why would I risk um, Justin Fields um, or even Trevor Lawrence at their current value range. So I, I'm not trying to prescribe. Everyone should get Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that makes me queasy about quarterback is that the situation, especially at quarterback, is so interrelated to everything else. I worry even the very good stats or the stats that work so consistently are always going to have this little bit of wiggle room here and a little bit of wiggle room there. And eventually it adds up to they look like Blake Bortles, which I think is the argument here. Um, Fields is all points, no pass. <laughs> Just made that up, and I like it. Um, but he could be, like Manning had a really rough start to his career. To your point mm-hmm. that you probably haven't talked about for like 10 years, is like Andrew Luck had a fairly rough start to his career as a passer with a solid, Q- solid QB resume. Um, so how do you go on from there? Is it just a value thing? Like my my go-to is like, ah, I got Dak Prescott. Like I, that feels fine to bail out to Dak Prescott instead of take that risk. Or is it more, you have more faith that these things are pretty much adjusted for, the six-year sample size of bad, uh, of bad throw and so on and so forth? Well, I think first and foremost, I think it's funny you bring up Peyton Manning, for instance, right? So, okay. um, you know, even before we era adjust, Peyton Manning's rookie season was better than either of 
Fields as a passer. Fair, fair. He he was um, pretty good. I'll give you that. I mean, four point eight four as an AMYA today is uh, atrocious. Um, but uh, I mean, do I have advanced pass? Do I do I have an adjusted for that? Now, I mean, a four point eight four in you know, AMYA is, is is atrocious by today's standards. But it was ninety six percent of average in ninety eight. I mean, error adjusting, I mean, that would be a, oh, shoot, I'll tell you right now, Justin Fields. I like that energy, by the way. Shoot, I'm going to tell you right, you sit right there and I'll, I will school you. <laughs> Give me a second. Like that. <laughs> um, that is, all right, so Justin Fields year two was a 4.63, and that's a 79% of today's average. So, I mean, it's, it's atrocious. I mean, um, it wasn't that bad back in, um, back in 98 though, um, is what I'm trying to point out. We era adjust for a reason. The league's changed. Passing's changed. The, um, he then went on on his second year because who only gives a guy a year? I mean, that's, that's not fair at QB position. Um, yeah. In his second year, to put up uh, over seven AMY, which was huge, way over, like top of the league stuff. Um, that's a great number today. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I would actually liked Peyton Manning a lot after his second year. I would have been pretty leery of him after his first year, probably. Uh, or, well, I don't know actually, because again, era adjusting, right? But uh, um, Justin Fields' numbers are both bottom of the league stuff. And he's had two years. He's had two different systems as well, which people like to point out. It was his first year in a system and such. But all of the problems were the same from one system to another. I mean, he had – it's his accuracy. It's um, it is his inability to avoid sacks. These are, these are problems that persisted in two different systems and are QB stats. So I think – uh, piecing it together as best I can here. The problem here is fantasy usually correlates or relates. Let's just say relates. Let's not be nerds for a second. And <laughs> to NFL production, because that's what the NFL cares about. Blake Bortles doing well on career arc fantasy points sucked because the real NFL results were bad. Now, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, uh, probably not a large enough sample. Let's go to Jalen Hurts, because his real world effect has been positive, and yet people still make anti-Jalen Hurts arguments, and yet the team is winning games, and it's doing better, and it's improving. So in that way, the fantasy points are relating to the NFL effect without having to relate it to a win percentage or a particular number. It's just clear that Philadelphia is doing better, and that's and the points reflect that. With, with someone like Blake Bortles, the team wasn't doing better, and yet and the fantasy points were there. And so the the question with fields is the situation's been terrible i think there's wiggle room in his fantasy stats being good but he is bad argument but the net result is the team is not winning more so your concern would be essentially the team's going to look for something else to do like it's not it, that's the argument that fields isn't going to have the job from a fantasy point point of view the guy's insane i mean yeah i mean justin fields is I mean, the, the Konami code is real. I mean, I rode the trail prior train as long as I could when that happened. <laughs> uh, the, uh, and so 
the thing of it is though is when you're as bad as Fields has been and and Hurts is uh, it kills me. The Hurts narrative was always bad. Hurts was never a bad quarterback. Um even even when you throw in uh, I, and you look at his first yeah, two right. years you throw in the the year of literally running gimmick plays in an offense. And the guy still had a 6.22 ANY adjusted net yards per attempt. Um, it, it's not even relatable to Fields or even like Josh Allen, the biggest turnaround in uh, arguably in NFL history. Um, I think that at no point was Jalen Hurts doing anything that was costing his team wins and costing his team points. Um, and, and yeah, this, exactly. People, yeah, right. People try to people try to fight the and. and throw out, oh, you're a QB wins guy when I say that. Um, and I, I actually am a bit of a QB wins guy, but only over a long period. I think it's period. fair to think of it that way, though, because, I mean, mm-hmm. use whatever number you want, but it matters in relation to does the team feel positive about what they're doing, right? Because they went 6-11 exactly. and 11 last year, I think. Like, at the end of the day, even though he could be a better passer, if they go in 6-11, and 11, that's what the team cares about. Justin Fields it was 2-8 and eight as a quarterback in 21 and 3-12 and 12 in, 20, in 22. So, yeah, he's a total of 5-20 and 20 for his career as a quarterback. Um, and I, I think you can make a strong argument that a substantial amount of those losses you can put – at least partly at his feet. Uh, it's his quarter. You can't winning in the NFL is too predicated on being able to pass. And he has not been able to pass at this level. Outside of arguing whether the situation has been worse because of fields or not because of fields, I think it's still relevant that the team is going to blame him eventually. And so if he doesn't, if something doesn't turn around, eventually the QB gets changed. I think that's a real concern. Um, whether he is or isn't yeah. capable of it, do you put any stock? Because I, I am not the it's a new era guy, and because it's very rarely a new era, people think eras are much shorter turnovers in general. <laughs> We're looking at a passing era that has slowly been gradually building since before Peyton Manning, and people now yeah. realizing it's a new era. So, um, I don't want to do that argument, but it is true that rushing has become a much more prevalent feature of quarterbacks. There's no quarterback except for Mac Jones that doesn't rush at all. And most, and increasingly, we've got players earning over twenty percent of their points, for example, in through the rushing game, and that is drastically different if you just look through five-year cycles from the last five years to five years before that. It's increasing at about five percent a year. Given that, and given your point that the passing has changed over a longer arc, could there be other ways to win that don't rely on players being as successful in ways we're typically looking for? You know what I mean? Like he could, he actually could be an above average passer like he was in college, just not like Mahomes, not like Allen, not like Herbert, not even like Jalen Hurts, but good enough and winning more games through the rushing game uh, and a better supporting cast, hopefully this year. Do you think there's any hope there for Justin Fields that the team could improve, even if you're right, that he might not have elevated to the NFL level as a passer? Like that's, that's another unanswerable but just from your experience you pay attention to the game you're paying close attention to fields i think there 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 is a path i think baltimore is very much shown that um in the lamar jackson era um and that's not an insult to lamar jackson i think lamar jackson is an incredible passer um i'll defend i've defended him all day on twitter <laughs> um that that being said um 
look at their rushing attack. The, uh, right. They had two years uh, in a row where they were the number one and number two rushing attacks in NFL history. And the you're probably game still not. The damage. You're probably still not doing. You're not. You're not making it deep in the playoffs, probably if you're if you're in the bottom third passing game, even with that kind of rushing attack. But you can win games. Um, uh, Baltimore, I, I think, is perfect to showcase that. But what we're seeing there is an evolution of the rushing game that is naturally occurring because of the pass game. We're seeing more spread concepts come out. We're seeing the death of running out of power in, in the NFL, particularly at the goal line. Um, someone was pointing out the uh, most popular uh, uh, goal line formations now, and in uh, in power is dying rapidly at the goal line, which it should. You are literally giving the other team a one-person advantage if you are running power at, at the goal line. Um, spread them out. Give your running back room to do something. Um, Especially in the red zone. And that's an interesting... I was just talking to... And I've talked to Zach Reed a lot about this from the Dynasty Domies podcast. But um, Fantasy Blue Chip, he came on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. And he was talking about how the, the same thing. The defense adjusts to the offense and then the offense adjusts to the defense. And because... Mm-hmm rushing running backs have been dying slowly slowly those grinding running backs not in the red zone because you can particularly you can bring on specific personnel for that mm-hmm. but the regular defense is going to be smaller than it was 10 years ago because of the adjustments which means those those grinders maybe have you know a resurgence coming oh yeah yeah you're gonna but at see... the red zone you're right because they bring on their heavies for the red zone that's different right. yeah but the more you the more you spread out the defense, the more rushing becomes actually effective. Uh, <laughs> it seems counterintuitive in a way because we've always, the NFL throughout history has always run out of power formations. Uh, get some blockers in front of our smallest guy who's going to go run around. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the reality is, is that guy's going down if he gets hit. So uh, you want you want to give him space to maneuver and get free and keep mm. running and 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 uh, and turn that normal three yard run into fifteen yards, and uh, and that's how you run and that's that that's the dynamic that we're seeing uh, because of the passing game. We're so, the the more we pass, the better the rush games are going to start being here coming forward. <laughs> I think twenty twenty three is. Very distinct year. The team has clearly gone out. It's added DJ Moore. It still has Donald Mooney. It's invested in the idea that they think or they want or they need Justin Fields to at least provide what they need in the passing game. If the year is, mm-hmm. if they're going to try a different type of passing attack or success in a different type of way, or if they're going to just keep trying to get him to do what he's not been effectively doing previously, whatever, they've gone and made this his year to do it. So one thing is, pretty clear to me no matter how you feel about justin fields like the team is setting up to make a decision by the end of it if not before the end of it because if with dj moore and donald mooney and a whole off season to prepare if he can't be the passer he was in college at the nfl or something like it and maintain the rushing if they can't win more games through a clear and fair understanding of this was a good shot to win more games then yeah, it, it's gonna be it's it, it's gonna be rough for Justin Fields to keep that job. I think that's that's pretty clear. On a fantasy arc, it looks positive. So the question becomes: Is that fake? Is that Blake Bortlesy? Is that just points and no pop? And I think it's really interesting. And especially like I say, with the addition of DJ Moore, 
I think the team's at least giving him space to try. Let's see if we can. Um, which is positive, at least. I guess the team isn't saying we're out, but they could easily be saying this is one last push. This is one last push um, to try and get it done. How soon do you think he's not the guy if he's not the guy, though? Do you think they give him the full season or less? Well, let's look at this. I mean, they, they traded for D.A.J. Moore. They traded for Clay, uh, Chase Claypool um, last year. I forgot and about him, but now, yeah. I mean, they just had a new draft class. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a second-round pick they threw out for him. You know, I mean, they didn't, they didn't give up nothing for him. <laughs> um, so... Uh, we got. We have. If he comes out and they start out two and seven, you don't think they're going to start? I mean, you got. You got to. That someone in that front office is going. We just invested into this passing game. He still can't get it done in year three, and we're still losing game. And we're losing games. They're going to start thinking about who is uh, they're going to start thinking about whether or not they should keep moving forward with him. Now, one thing in his favor, in my opinion, is that he is dynamic and fun and he's going to fill seats. Um, that's going to make it so that there's a lot less fan pressure to bench a guy like him, even in the right. worst case scenario. But the team's going to, the, the team's going to want to see what else they have at some point. Whether they bench him in week fourteen or they bench him in week ten, um, if he doesn't come out and, st- and if they don't come out winning, it it's gonna it's gonna fall on Justin Fields. Even even if he comes out and he's throwing the ball great and they're falling apart for other reasons, it's gonna come down to Justin Fields this year if they're not winning football games. And I think you make a small point there. They're tr- gonna try in twenty twenty three. But you're right, it's relative to results. So if they if they lose all the first three games, there's probably a, a shorter leash than if they win two or win one or they win one, but the other two are close. It's definitely going to be a case-by-case basis. Um, I know, it's interesting, uh, especially as just a fantasy guy. It's hard for me to really hate Justin Fields. I loved him coming out, the little I knew about his college profile. His fantasy results have been positive, especially with his year two breakout in 22. And uh, you, you just kind of always root for the young players, man. I, I want to see him succeed. So I uh, appreciate <laughs> you bringing some perspective and the distance perspective. I don't remember the start of Peyton Manning's career. It's just a number to me. And so it's nice to get yeah. that uh, reminder that at the time, this is how it felt. But the idea that we know where the Peyton Mannings come from, I think is where it gets in our head. Like perfect prospect does not equal Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. They were literally like Peyton Manning was pretty high drafted, but pretty uneven results from that draft pick. Um, and Tom Brady was like the definition of a late round pick, right? Um, yeah. so perfect prospects are different to perfect results or what you get from that draft prospect. Christopher Bean on Twitter. Anywhere else, anyone can find your data, information, film takes, or anything else. I mean, Twitter's looking rough right now, so you might want to <laughs> have another source of talking to people. Um, the, uh, I'm mostly retired, but I do have still have a few articles that are left up, uh, on player profiler and, uh, and dynasty football factory. Uh, but I appreciate you helping me to close my mind a little bit. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe not to be so open to the Blaine Gabbitts of the world. And I appreciate you, man. Thanks very much. All right, buddy. Have a good day. Yeah. 
Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. Dick got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.